This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel described it best, the whole of the Auburn experience. It is a wide variety of things, places, and yes, even people. But at its heart, at its core, it is all about our sports. It is all about our culture. And it is about our family. And because it is all about the Auburn family, that means when we get together on this podcast, we've got to have members of that family. I am your host, as always, Kyle Loomis, alongside the best co-host in the land, Mr. Austin Scott, back for episode 41. War Eagle, Kyle, episode 41. You would not believe how underrated the number 41 is in the Auburn experience world. Is there anyone that comes to mind immediately for number 41 to you? Because I have three solid options for you. I honestly am ashamed now that you've set it up that way. I feel like I should know these. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is Devin Waddell one? Is Devin Mm, Waddell? Is that one? That's not one I had, but I think that you have a really good chance. Mm. No, 31. Sorry. You were close. I was so close. I knew there was like, I, I saw his image in my mind. For those of you who don't remember Devin Waddell. You're on the like, right track. Ah, oh, gosh. Now I feel bad. Okay. You just got to tell us because they don't want to see me guess nonstop for, you know, an hour. Number 41s for Auburn. We have one each from each of the big three. Most recently, we have Aiden Marshall, the punter, who is an incredible punter for Auburn. Of course. <laughs> A specialist. A, a How do I forget student. about the specialist? That is, I, I'm, I'm ashamed. It's shocking to me. Stephen Williams, outfielder, slugger yep, yep, for Auburn yep. baseball and Butch Thompson's crew, uh, who hit a go-ahead home walk-off home run against Georgia Tech in the regional several years ago, and then a very, very dear to my heart one, Mr. Rob Chubb from the oh. basketball days. Everybody loves Rob Chubb. <laughs> yes, but how did I forget that? I'm so upset with my – not only did I forget that a specialist was a 41, but I forgot Rob Chubb. I mean – Rob Chubb. Wow. It's those... The, and it's those, it's those players that, you know, you think about the pre-Bruce Pearl Auburn basketball yeah. era. And there's only a handful that we really just fell in love with because, yes, they were talented. They were the most talented on that team. Yeah, uh, but they were also just near and dear to our heart because it was like, you know, that guy's quirky, and you know, Auburn basketball bless their hearts, and and Rob Chubb was one of those guys. He was a stud on that team, uh, made some some interesting decisions sometimes, but Rob Chubb was number forty one. That's look, these may be your most solid ones that I you agree. brought to the table thus far and you've had some pretty. We didn't start doing this until like I feel like number ten or something like that somewhere. But two would have been easy. Four yeah. would have been easy. There's a lot of easy. And there's some, you know, we had 34 already. So that was duh. But this one in terms of variety, I love it. So it's well pretty done. good. I would have never guessed 41 would have been this good. And uh, sure enough. So, we, you know, we can only hope that it's all up from here. Yes, exactly. Well, good start to the show already uh, with the last little bit of this segment. Let's do a little Auburn potpourri. Just talk about a few random things in the Auburn space. As we know, it is the middle of summer and things are starting to slow down. But one cool thing that's been kind of floating out there and is becoming almost a reality 
is the record for Auburn season ticket sales is nearly in reach. And it just goes to show you what can happen when you give fans a little bit of something to be excited about. So you've seen the administration, the staff going into overdrive, kind of selling that. So my advice to you, and I'm speaking to myself here too, if you're thinking about getting season tickets, you might want to jump on the bandwagon. I don't know that they're going to officially sell out. Maybe they will, but we're close to a record for that after a bolus season, after an abysmal two years for Auburn. Hugh Freeze gets here, just a little bit of recruiting. And it was a boring A-Day too. Think about that. We're at this point, and that's all that's happened thus far. Isn't that crazy to think about? It's, it's pretty insane. And, you know, everybody has excitement, you hope, at when you bring in a new coaching staff. Um, and, and the Freeze administer, free staff has definitely done that, with, like with all the things you mentioned, recruiting and um, just kind of some personalities have come out and being out and about in the community. Um, that yeah, it looks like you know. I think the last update they've the athletics administration gave was less than 500 to the record of most season tickets sold. Um, so people are getting on it, and uh, it sounds like you know it could be close to who knows what the number is of the cut the full cutoff number is. But people are going to have to start getting on it if they want some this year. And uh, Mr. Loomis, that might mean you too. Listen, you know I, I've always chanced it and gone because uh, I. I Felt like I could get a season ticket or a tick, not a season ticket, but an individual ticket here and there. And that's usually always worked out. Uh, this feels like it may be one of those seasons. It's hard to do that strategy. So, you know, the, the cheap part of me is kind of like, Hey, chance it. You never know what happens, but if you do that, you may also end up paying more because if this team gets hot with the excitement, that's already here. Yeah. Ole Miss and Mississippi State may not be cheap SEC tickets anymore. So, and that's not even talking about the Iron Bowl and the the last time, uh, maybe that the Deep South's oldest rivalry is annually played in Auburn. We know about 2024. We've talked about that, but uh, we'll we'll discuss that more in great detail when that comes back around. A uh, little show note, maybe for you and I, Austin. You know, we talked about some volleyball last week. Uh, how does it make you feel that apparently, at least for that episode, head coach Brent Crouch is watching the show? So shout out to him. Hey, look, I hope that we have had Coach Crouch watching us before. I just hope he didn't watch our episode when we took blame for the the, the team sputtering there in the fall. Um, I think I think he would know. He would accept our apologies, and I think he would. Uh, put that a little bit on his staff and his players instead but hey yeah we're that was super cool to see coach crouch reach out to us on twitter say he loves the show and uh obviously we were congratulating him on his extension and, and excited for auburn volleyball this upcoming season so coach crouch we appreciate it and uh looking forward to the season ahead yeah now it just makes me panic even more you know when i'm <laughs> doing this type of thing who else is watching and um but it's really cool to see um, a head coach reach out and talk to us a little bit about you know what what they thought we said but obviously it's great to see engagement because as we've i think you and i've had this conversation before yeah we put players figures you know coaches on a pedestal and we forget that they're just people too and you know they honestly you know just enjoy being a normal person too so it's great to see uh coach brent crouch reaching out there just wanted to kind of note that that uh threw me for a loop uh this week to hear from him 
Another small note, not small, this is still a big note, but something maybe a lot that passed by a lot of people this week. We like to give you a variety of things here, still sports related, but you kind of have to go roundabout. Most of you know that we do have a wheelchair basketball uh, program at Auburn. Club team, I think, is what its official status is. Mm-hmm. Um, the head coach of that, Rob Taylor, very much well-known, in fact, so much so that he's part of the national team, who just won the gold medal at the, I guess it would be the world games. I don't know if it's, it wasn't, it's not the Paralympics because those happened right after the Olympics, but it would just be the world games, I think, or something like that. But regardless, yeah. that's an incredible feat. No, absolutely. I'm not quite sure what the, the verbiage is either, but you're right. And and we love to latch on to, we as in the Auburn family love to latch on to anything where a small part of the Auburn family is put on a national stage. The easy ones to think about are anytime there's an Auburn a student athlete or commit or graduate in the Olympics, SUNY being in the Olympics several years ago, it was a huge Auburn following. It'll be more so this time around now that she's actually been through Auburn. Yeah. Um, so um, Coach Taylor is just another reason or another example of that. So congratulations to him. And, uh, you know, thank you for representing Auburn well on such a big stage. That That's huge for the university and, and uh, we're excited for him. Yeah, it's really cool when we can take this show – uh, on an international stage, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, war Eagle moments happening within yeah. the States, whether that's ours or other, you know, athletes having those with fans when they travel, you know, whether it's the basketball team that traveled a lot the last, um, you know, year or so, but it's really cool to see that kind of connection happening, even though he's not playing for or coaching an Auburn team. I, one of our coaches, our figures is over there representing us, in essence. And so seeing that kind of taking, taken to an international stage is really, really cool to talk about. I mean, war eagle moments happen everywhere. You just got to pay attention for them. So if you're ever out there and you see someone say war eagle, don't be that person and not respond to the war eagle. That just, that's what grinds my gears. I just got to be honest with you about that. It's the worst. Had, it's the worst. Oh, you know? I've definitely had it happen to me. I've had it happen to me in multiple places and you know, I always tell my wife, I say, they just didn't hear me, but you know, deep down, deep down, it's a little painful. Yeah. I think that's probably the most depressing thing that can happen is to be, and it's not even like you yelled where it's just like, Hey, war Eagle. And they're just like, Oh, and I just cannot stand it. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. If you're going to wear the gear, know what it means. Know what comes with it. Don't be um, Leonardo DiCaprio and wear it to blend in with the crowd. Because <laughs> let me give celebrities this advice. If you're going to want to blend into a crowd, do not wear Auburn gear because we will find you and we will war eagle you. Take that <laughs> to the bank. News that broke this week. A lot of people were anticipating this was coming. And finally, thankfully, when we're, things are slow, something like this breaks. The official announcement of timeline and what is coming for Auburn baseball's stadium renovations for Plainsman Park. I think there's a few, I won't call them surprises, but I think one of the things that stuck out to me was the length that the uh, full renovation is going to take. Some of that's maybe not necessarily what um, fans will experience player type of stuff and enhancements and renovations that are going to be coming, but we have the full thing. So if you want to look at it for yourself, uh, you can go online to Auburn baseball's Twitter, really any social media account. And I think there's even an article posted about it too, with video to see all that. We're not going to pull that up for you here today, but we're going to talk about it a little bit ourselves. So very briefly, I'll try to give you the gist of what to expect. There are, 
officially based off of this uh, release, Plainsman Park expansion and renovation, eight, we'll call them phases or steps. Uh, number one, the Hall of Fame Club. Uh, number two, the Enhanced Right Center Field Terrace. Those are both for 2024. Step three, phase three, the first base club, 2025, the expanded Plainsman patio, the expanded interior concourse restrooms and concessions for number five. Uh, six is home plate club. And then the War Eagle wall is also uh, phase seven. Those are all 2025. And then finally in 2025 to 26 is what they're estimating the expanded and renovated team spaces. So, when I read this, Austin, and when I saw this come across the page, what stuck out to me first was the enhancements for the fan experience, mm. but then the players' experience. Not to say that you know one is more important than the other, but I think they recognize where the need is right now to make Plainsman Park a premier location when it comes to college baseball for fans, for spectators, to make it look – it looks great on TV already but to make it look even better. That's what stuck out to me when we go went through that right now, or as you saw this week, what stuck out to you about these renovations? Yeah. I mean, like you said, there were some things that a lot of people were anticipating. Um, the War Eagle wall seats on the green monster. Everybody's been asking for that for years. I've been, I've been on that campaign too. Like let's do something with this that literally no one else in college baseball has. Let's yes. make our own Fenway, top of the monster seats, terrace, whatever you want to call it. So glad that's finally coming. It was really cool to see in the video what that'll look like. Um, I'm already trying to figure out how I'm going to get up there and <laughs> how I'm going to watch as many games as possible from there because I, I cannot wait to be up there when a home run comes up there. I mean, I think that's going to be one of the coolest things that you can experience and it'll be on the bucket list for – a lot of Auburn fans. Um, and then, you know, I think something that not a lot of people were thinking about, I certainly wasn't um, expecting it, um, but we've seen it in a lot of the other SEC stadiums that Auburn travels to and, and uh, or watches on TV is those, those ground level uh, seats. Uh, what, yeah. I, what do they call it, Kyle? Um, Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame club, the ones right behind uh, home plate, I guess, is what you would call it. And then there's also going to be a first baseline club, too. Uh, but I think you're specifically referencing those ones right behind home plate where the action yeah. is happening. I mean, you're like the umpire is 10 yards in front of you and you're you're right there on the ground level. Um, you know, those are going to be obviously premier seats, but I think that's a super cool part of Plainsman Park it's gonna be really weird to see people there and not the brick facade and not the backstop and all the things um but you know it's exciting that there's going to be these options for Auburn baseball and Plainsman Park that um while a beautiful and a very underrated stadium uh has had for so long that has been one of the best they're getting these enhancements and, and opportunities for fans to come and see it different ways so it's going to be really cool I'm really excited about it, and I think there's just a ton of opportunities for how this how Plains and Park can be used in the future once we get all these things done. Yeah, you hit on a lot of great points there, and I want to kind of use them but also come back to them in a second. So just as a reminder, for the next season, all you can expect are phases one and two. Uh, the Hall of Fame Club right there behind home plate, and then the enhanced right center field terrace. I would assume, Austin, that includes like the cake, the cake corner, 
leading over to that what is still new center field um, area that's opened up for people to sit behind for free uh, back there where the kind of hill goes up and stuff too. Where so the pool parties happen. The pool parties that we've asked. We need fraternities <laughs> to make this happen. If a home run gets hit in there, we need y'all to take the plunge. No, no matter what the temperature is. That's I right. need that. We, you will get a shout out here if that happens. I know some of the fraternities would love to do something like that. But so that's what you can expect. And this is probably what most of us ex- expected. Get that right field whatever you're going to have happen situation mainly set up because that encompasses so much of campus, a very busy thoroughfare on, on uh, Donahue drive yeah. tiger walks going to be happening there. You really kind of want to show that off. And I know there's going to be phases of it that are still going to be finished for the 2025 season, but getting some work done for that is going to obviously be a very timely thing to, and you understand why they want to spread this out and not rush this. So as much as I, as a fan, wanted this done this year so that next season we are just pumped in Plainsman Park having all this stuff. But I, I understand and appreciate the way they're going to do this and take their time to get it right. Because like you said, Plainsman Park's already beautiful, but imagine what it's going to look like in three, two to three years. Let's just say two to three. Yeah. When this is all done, just imagine how beautiful it's going to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and the the elements of it will be very different and added. Um, but things that this program deserves, we've talked about at nauseum, how what good of a job Butch Thompson has done for this. And, you know, I don't like to put it this way, but I think that, you know, there's a real feeling amongst people that, you know, okay, once we get through football, then it's basketball. And once we get through basketball, okay, then we'll think about baseball. And so it does out of the big three, it does kind of feel like sometimes it drops to the bottom. But it's a team that has had a lot of success and a coach that represents Auburn baseball, Auburn athletics, and Auburn University extremely well uh, and deserves a lot of these things that are going to be given to his program. Let's not forget, and we talk about it all the time with football, basketball, any other sport on campus, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. All these kind of elements that are being added all play into recruiting pitches for Butch Thompson and his staff. So I cannot wait. I think it is going to be super cool to see. I want to talk about that War Eagle wall. You already mentioned it. Oh, yeah. But here's what I love about these plans. It almost creates two sections of the park. I I hate to categorize it this way because it's going to sound like I'm saying there's a group of people that maybe are like the well-to-do, the pretentious crowd because they've got all the nice things over there. That's going to be where all the club stuff is and the new built up part of uh, club seating and stuff like that. But that's, right. you need that because there's a clientele that wants that. Right. But what they are doing is keeping what has made Plainsman park great and attracting even non paying ticket fans to come outside tailgate. They're not going to, and there, there wasn't in the plans that we thought of until they announced it to block off any view from the parking deck but they're adding to War Eagle Wall, and that's going to be part of that general seating situation because it's just two yeah. – apparently it's two terraces up there where you right. have to stand. But I think that's a very smart idea so that first come, first serve. You want this view? Come and get it. Can, can we just talk about the view for a second? One of the best views that you are going to have on Auburn's campus is on top of that War Eagle Wall. Absolutely. Sunset on Absolutely. a spring – just imagine this, Austin. Let me paint the picture for you. Please. Sunset. Temperature is probably 
70 ish, maybe dipping a little mm. bit lower than that. And mm. the, we're just about to throw out first pitch and you've got, mm. I don't know if they can, I wish they'd serve tumors lemonade there. If you had that, could you imagine anything better than that? Absolutely not. Uh, you're talking about the sunset overlooking beard Eves Coliseum. Uh, you know, well, I guess, You'll probably you'll, uh, that high. You'll probably still be able to see. I was about to say, Beard Eves is pretty tall. You can still see yeah. it out there. You'll see, but Beard Eves Coliseum, and you know, the, maybe off in the distance, the new football facility. Um, you know, it's going to be the view. You're right, is going to be incredible. And you're right. You know, first first come, first serve. If you want it, you better get up there and hold on to your spot because uh, it's going to be very desirable. Those SEC big time SEC weekends, or like we talked about when LSU came to town. Um, you know it's going to be packed like sardines up there on top of War Eagle wall of who's trying to get the view. So, um, man, it's going to be super cool. I, I wish like you said it was coming next year. Uh, I understand why not. We don't need to rush things and we need to make sure it's right. Um, and safe. Um, uh, but I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun when it gets here. I am so excited. So we will eagerly watch the phases as much as I can get to campus. I'll be going by and giving construction updates. So you guys follow us on social media. If, you, if you're not, uh, when I can get over there. And th- there's other people that are going to be doing that too. I know Clint does a lot of those type of things too. So follow him too. This is right up his alley with Auburn Aesthetics. Look, folks, if you haven't, go check out the social media posts from Auburn Baseball, the uh, blog posts, everything that they put out, the videos and just start getting excited. It's not just 2024, but 2025 and 26 as we watch Plainsman Park become potentially the premier park to be at in the SEC with unique and classic stuff all mixed into one. It's going to be a beautiful thing. We're going to have to buckle down, Austin, because we have got a lot to talk about. We put it off for a week in our 2022-2023 full athletic calendar year recap we already talked about fall go check that out if you haven't that was football cross country soccer and volleyball talked a lot about that tonight we are going to try our best to get through in a reasonable amount of time we planned 10 minute segments i've already eaten up about a minute of it but um it's probably going to go longer than that we're going to talk about men's and women's basketball gymnastics swimming and diving and equestrian, even though technically it is a spring. Just wait till we get to the spring recap. You'll understand why. There's plenty <laughs> to talk about there. So we're going to try our best to cover all that. And we will not hit every detail. But with that being said, let's start with what everybody thinks about right off the top. Men's basketball. Bruce Pearl continuing his thing. A lot of hype. A lot of anticipation for this year. Lots of travel plans literally before the season started around the world, but went across the country to LA, to Seattle, uh, to West Virginia and back again and had what probably will most say is an up and down season, a season that maybe was a little bit underwhelming. But when I ask you to kind of encapsulate Bruce Pearl and Auburn men's basketball's 2022, 23 year, what comes to mind, Austin? Yeah, I think you kind of hit on it. Um, Underwhelming is probably what a lot of people would say, but how could it not be? When you come off the first number one ranking in school history, you have Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler both leave to go to the draft. Both end up being incredibly successful in their rookie years in the NBA. Um, It's natural to have drop-off. You're not going to have 
uh, at a program like Auburn, those type caliber of people yet every single year coming in and, and helping your program get to that point. So, um, you know, like you mentioned, it started off lots of travel. They went, go and win the, uh, was it the Cancun challenge? Yep. Um, and then, you know, are undefeated up until they go play in holiday hoops giving against Memphis and Atlanta. Um, and so even still, uh, after that, Memphis ends up being an eight or nine seed in the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, you're playing caliber teams like Bruce Pearl always does in the non-con. You, you go play USC, you go play Washington, teams end up doing very well. And then you hit the SEC season. Um, and like you said, very up and down. Uh, the team we talked about a lot was very different from most Bruce Pearl's teams. Um, the defense had to be on almost every night. Um, and a lot didn't come from guard play as much as it did Janai Broom, Jalen Williams, guys on the bigs. And it was really someone different every night, right? Yep. Um, it was never quite certain who it was going to be that um, could be the number one guy on this team. And I think that's kind of what hurt them and, and led to that up and down year. But despite all that, you still make the NCAA tournament. You get an incredible draw in Birmingham. Uh, you get an NCAA tournament win and you get a chance at a number one seed in Houston, which if we make the easiest shots on the floor, who knows what can happen um, in in free throws. And so um, a year that was certainly a roller coaster, um, but was like it's been at Auburn basketball since Bruce Pearl arrived, exciting nonetheless. Um, Lots of those individuals on that team are no longer here. So it'll be completely different year yep. next year it seems like uh, we'll have to see but um, a exciting and uh, nothing short of boring year for Auburn basketball once again for sure yeah and, and with that non-boringness comes you know a lot of good but a lot of maybe bad it's a strong word but less desirable things yeah um, but I will say that some of the highs were really high you talk about that getting to be in Birmingham for the NCAA tournament and right. watching the ticket prices go up <laughs> Uh, for not just the first round, but the second round with Auburn and Alabama both there. That was a wild thing to see. Um, I love just seeing this team play such a variety of teams from across the nation. The, you know, it was fun following them on the Israel trip. And, and yes, while we look back at this team and question, you know, what, what went wrong at times, they were always in my mind just this short just this short of figuring things out that we saw their potential. And I know they saw it too but at times just could not get it together for whatever reason that was, which is why we've seen a bigger than normal change this time around trying to mix things up and see what can happen next year. But all in all men's basketball finishes the year 21 and 13, obviously making it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Let's talk about progress though, with our next program, women's basketball. This was Mm. Johnny Harris's our head coach's second year and in her second year, well, her first year, she had some successes beating Tennessee, but also had some pretty good successes this year, which culminated with this program making it into the women's NIT. And this is after a year where they didn't make anything at all. And they won more overall games. They won more SEC games than they did the previous year. So their total on the year 16 and 15, which when you you know chalk it up, doesn't sound super impressive. It's just over 500. But what we're looking for at this point is not you to be in your second year world beaters. We're looking for progress. And I'd say we got that in droves from a Coach Harris team. 
Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And you look at it 11 and two before SEC play, um, and you hit on the overall record 16 and 15 overall. Well, if you haven't figured it out now, it doesn't really matter what sport it is, folks. The SEC is hard. Yeah. And so <laughs> women's basketball is no different. And so, you know, they end up losing their first five or six SEC games. Um, but you you go back and you look, they get the ranked win over Ole Miss on January 22nd, the overtime one-point win. They go up to Kentucky and win. And they then they win at Florida at home. They win three in a row. And I remember us talking about it at the time. This team's getting hot, and this team's starting to figure out and get some confidence. Now, did they sputter from there? Yes. Um, the gauntlet of the SEC is not going to let you, you know, just completely run away with it. Um, but, it, like you said, it's improvement. Um, we've already seen improvement on the roster from the transfer portal, yep. from recruiting, um, and we're continuing to see that. So it's going to be good for Johnny Harris's team. I think she's cultivated, just like we talked about with volleyball, she's cultivated the excitement about this program that hasn't been there in a while. Um, and so it's exciting, and it's going to be interesting to see how it keeps going. And I hope that just as the Auburn family, we continue to buy in, continue to stick with them, um, and see where this this Auburn women's basketball team can go. Yeah, and I you know, got the opportunity to see, uh, I think, two total games in person. Yeah, I think it was two. But I will make sure that I get the opportunity um, – the many weekends that I'm in Auburn stay through to Sunday and watch a few of these games that they're playing yeah. um, with this coach Harris coach, uh, coach team. I'm really excited about the trajectory we're heading into. All we're asking for is improvement and she's giving it. And I have full anticipation that's going to continue that way. Let's talk about the other big one. Gymnastics. A lot of people were marking their calendar, not just in for the winter for men's basketball, or just the game of basketball in general, but gymnastics. I yep. mean, just people came in droves to gymnastics meets. You and I went to several, saw each other there yep. a couple of times. Um, it was a fun, fun atmosphere in Neville Arena for Suni Lee, Darian Goborn, and a host of other extremely talented ladies. But obviously those are the two most prominent names that sadly now have ended their time at Auburn. I think in shades of the men's basketball team, this is also yep. a program that exactly. may be underwhelmed a little bit. Now there's reasons behind that, you know, that we can talk about, but I think there were based off what they did the previous year and basically everybody was back. We anticipated a little bit more from them. Um, they did not as a team, really make it past the first round of the NCAA regional championship uh, round. Um, but an individual in Darian Goboard did so happy that she got to go on, on as an individual, but um, still a lot of high moments. And if you missed your opportunity to see SUNY Lee, I'm sorry, you missed. You better something. pack your bags and head to Paris in next year. Cause that's your next, that's your only shot from here on out. So tell me about your thoughts briefly about gymnastics their uh, 2023 season since there's technically is all in 2023 yeah no i, I was going to say the same thing you did similar to men's basketball just kind of up and down um a little underwhelming because you know like you said everyone was back from that that previous 2022 year it looked like you know as this program taking a step suny's going to be here again she's announced it's her last year uh and then you know things we didn't get quite the 
as much of uh, output from people that we had the year before. Injuries uh, on top of just other things, freshmen kind of finding their legs or getting tossed into new situations before um, they were quite ready. And so um, it's just it was a tough year. But the excitement around Auburn gymnastics is here to stay. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Um, SUNY is gone. I don't think you're going to miss much in the Auburn arena or excuse me, Neville arena next year with Auburn gymnastics. It's, it's just too fun. And everyone's experienced that now outside of just watching SUNY. Um, and so I think it's good for this program in a way that it's not the SUNY show anymore. Yep. I think that it's going to be able to be about the team. Um, not that SUNY ever pushed it that way. I don't no. I think one of her favorite things about being Auburn was she was part of a team. Um, but now it's Auburn gymnastics and the focus can be on the Friday nights every, every Friday. And let's just bring this up too. We are going to miss our queen, Darian Gunborn. I mean, just one of the most entertaining people that we've had as an athlete here. Boy, could she put on a show. Everybody knew she was going to be the final floor routine out there every night. Everybody waited for that moment. And I mean, I know we talked about Sunni's this bit of the celebrity. I don't know, man. I think Darian Goborn was our our celebrity of source uh, of choice a lot of the time. And, and you know, look, not to take away in any way from the efforts from plenty of other ladies that we don't have time to go through on this thing. This is a talented group of people this season. There will be a talented group coming forward next season. Buckle up, folks. Gymnastics for Auburn is not going anywhere. And uh, this was a fun ride to have with uh, names like Suni Lee in the time being. We have limited time left, but we've got technically three more to go through. I'm going to really quickly give you how swimming and diving basically did. And so please forgive the brevity, but obviously we've got to get through uh, a lot tonight. Um, I cannot remember how long, uh, and I failed to always pronounce his, Wochamurka, I think is how you say his his last name. Head coach Ryan <laughs> Wochamurka um, is progressing with the swimming and diving program. Uh, by the end of the year, uh, the men finished, uh, looks like 10th overall at NCAA championships at SECs. The men finished second. The women finished seventh. And uh, for the the women I don't have on hand uh, right here in front of me, but what I do know from following their program over the the season is that they had a much improved year and are trending in the right direction. So hopefully we'll get an opportunity to talk more about them in the coming year and episode. So let's end here with Equestrian. Obviously, if you haven't followed Auburn Elvis, you need to. He's your go-to source here at E2C Network, but also in general, for Auburn Equestrian discussion, news, and coverage. Um, the War Horses podcast is a great one that you need to go and check out if you have not done so. But let me mention this. Um, this is a team that also, this is a common thread. It kind of ups yeah. and downs, has some surprises that not a lot of, and, and I would say bad surprises, maybe got defeated a few times that they didn't expect to. But we're going to talk about reaching your, your peak performance at the end of the year. This is the team that went on to win their fifth. Do I have it right? Fifth SEC championship. Uh, that, that's what that's the number that was in my head. Yeah. I don't think it's six. I think, I think it was five SEC championships in a row and makes it to the title match in an opportunity 
to win a national championship yet again in what would become head coach Greg Williams' final year. So a lot happened this season, a lot of good things, even when you kind of went up and down at times. I just hate that we couldn't send him out on a really strong note with a championship. I know. It seemed like a storybook ending waiting to happen. Um, you know, like you said, a fifth straight SEC championship. Um, and it looks like this team is just is just headed toward another national title. Bulldozing through the first two rounds uh, and then getting that SMU team, who they beat handedly two months prior. Um, and just couldn't pull it out. Um, so just unfortunate, but it wouldn't really have mattered either way. I, it would have been great for Coach Greg Williams to go out with a nas- another national title. But his his stamp on this program and what it is to the SEC, to Auburn, uh, has been long, long already established. And so um, while it would have been amazing to send him out on a high note, he is now, you know, forever known as the face of the, the founding father, if we want to play that game again, yeah. as Auburn equestrian. Um, and so best of luck to glad he's sticking around as kind yep. of, you know, uh, what remind me his title? Head coach emeritus. Head coach emeritus. Um, and, you know, the, the, the foundation for that program is well established to continue to keep contending for championships and winning. Um, so looking forward to this new regime, but um, it, it was certainly – not, I don't want to call it a letdown just because I feel like it's it's dangerous waters when you get to anything short of a national championship is a letdown. Um, but, you know, for for the, all the equestrian team, every year that's come to be what we expect of yep. them. If, if we don't, it's like, hmm. And so, um, anyway, a great season for them nonetheless. Nothing to be ashamed of when you bring home another SEC championship. So they have – Uh, that obviously to take away from this season and we're very proud to not just watch them swimming and diving both basketball programs and obviously our gymnastics program we had fun looking back at the 2022-2023 winter sports that's going to do it for episode 41 thank you guys so much for watching if you were here for the live recording if you're listening thanks for tuning in on the way out you can find me on Twitter at Tiger I 24. Oh, that's the old one. Kyle Loomis 24. <laughs> Whoa, that's the old one. What's your, uh, where can they find you, Austin? At Austin G. Scott. Uh, that's what it's been since 2012. So yeah. it, I, it'll stay that way for as long as I can keep it. <laughs> Weird guys like me change their handles. So there you go. Obviously, follow E2C Network everywhere you can get on all the social medias, YouTube, podcasts, everywhere. Don't miss out on any content that we got coming out for you. Thank you for tuning into the Auburn Experience. So we talk to you again. War Eagle. War Eagle.